Here's Stan Warren Luttrell. Welcome to Finding Hope Podcast number 50, part 2. We had to divide the program into two parts because we had a little problem during the recording and I had to edit some, some things and I decided it was going to be quicker if I divided it into two episodes. Plus there's a lot here to unpack. So welcome to the Finding Hope Podcast and listen where you find your podcasts and remember you can always use the A-Lady to listen to the Alexa-enabled device from Amazon, such as the Echo. And without any further ado, let's continue with the interview. And now, here's Anne. All right, so Anne, w- Anne was about to, um, to tell us about some of the classes that are coming up. Yes. That's right. We actually do have um, a fuller slate of classes than we have for quite a while. We have someone from Portland who, who in the past has been down here and done some excellent classes. So we invited her to try doing it long distance. Her name is Kate Eekman, and she's going to give two classes, one on Wednesday, October 14th at 1.30, called Walk a Mile in Their Shoes, Using Maps to Understand Our Ancestors' Journeys, which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, her second one is The Curious Case of Alma Summer. And all she had was his place of birth and the name of his wife. And so she tells us how she went about finding information when she had so little information. Um, and to me, that's really one of the reasons that I enjoy genealogy so much. I like to solve puzzles. Mm-hmm solve mysteries, find out things, and, uh, you know, be knowledgeable about various resources and think outside the box. Absolutely. So I'm really looking forward to that class to see what resources she used when she had so few clues. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we actually have um, a class for people who are just starting the whole DNA process. They oh, yes. And so she, Lorita Cushman will teach the class to, and talk about the four major DNA test sites, what kinds of tools they have. And we're talking about 23andMe, Ancestry, Family Finder, and MyHeritage. Each one of those has a DNA test. Okay. Then yeah. um, we also have a class called <clears throat> Heirloom Genealogy, uh, Where Were You?, and Sue Waldron is going to discuss how you can capture historical events to expand the information you have about your ancestors, including, in her case, she made a quilt about 9-11. And she does a great class. If you, if you ever want to attend a class, they... Now, are you able to have the classes? Uh, I had some noise in the background. Uh, are you able to sorry. have the uh, classes at the library yet, or do you? No, we're we're still closed. We closed when the shutdown first happened in March. Right. And um, when we thought things were getting better, I surveyed the volunteer librarians in June, 
And a lot of them were not willing to come back. Sure. Came up with a modified schedule. And then the numbers started going up in Jackson County. And we haven't even discussed reopening since then. It's well, just- you know, that's another reason why it's good. I mean, I, don't, I always like to look at the good side. If there's a good thing about, I don't want to say about me being gone, but what I'm saying is with me, with the good thing about me no longer having to be at the library is I could have lost a lot of time if I was still doing things the way I used to do. Yeah. Although in in actuality, I'm here four days a week. Um, While we're closed, we're getting a whole lot of backlog of books that weren't, we just couldn't catch up with the cataloging. We've added a second cataloger and the, Two catalogers are coming in regularly, and I'm coming in regularly, and my son is coming in and continuing. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, to do the... um, And I think about your son a lot. I hope he's doing well. He is. He has, because it's been so hot, he hasn't been able to go back to his paid job. um, Uh, Because their environment is just not suited for, for him. We're hoping the weather will cool off and that they will need him back. Well, I know that, uh, but I know that that uh, he's doing, a, you know, does a great job with the genealogy library, and I do think about a lot of the people there, and you know how fortunate I was to be able to work with the people that I did. But I can also understand why a lot of people, you know, getting the age that most people are, that you know did work for the gene you know volunteer for the genealogy library i can understand why uh, the you know, people have opted to do things the way they have yeah um, a lot of concerns about being asked to enforce uh, mm-hmm. the the distancing and the masking and quarantining materials after people check them out so um, at this point, we have actually uh, installed some plexiglass to protect people, and so we have social distancing plans. But as long as the numbers stay up in Jackson County, I don't think we'll be reopening. Right. So, Ann, um, is there um, um, like a membership fee or anything like that? that yes, people, there is. Um, okay. Oh, yes. Membership right now is $30 a year. But uh, we do have a membership meeting scheduled on October 20th. We will, we'll, it's accompanied by a free program. But at that meeting, we are proposing to increase the annual fee to $40 a year starting January 1st. Okay. <laughs> and that's a good deal, though, because um, – um, you can tell, uh, because I know, but you can tell uh, Matt about all the different services that you can do if you do research from the genealogy library. Well, in fact, one of the really fascinating things is that one of the benefits of the membership is access to six subscription websites. Right. And when we closed, we thought, whoops, you know, here's one of our major benefits that's gone off the table because people had to come here to access those websites. Well, all six of those websites are currently extending to our members free access from home. 
Oh, perfect. Oh, that's cool. Uh, do you think that they will change it? Because here's one of the things that I've been thinking about. And one of the reticent things that I was thinking about is, well, one, if I can't do research from the library in the way that I would normally have done it, uh-huh. what's the point? I'm not going to be able I'm busy. I'm not going to be able to come into the library. And so that's the reason I've just been letting the things just say, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, what's the point? Right. Uh, that changes everything, though, with those um, those websites becoming available to everybody at home, though. So that uh, means people can continue their research and their projects that they're working on even during the shutdown. So that's exactly. And that's, and that's one of the great things, because if you can go and you can compare notes, let's say you're doing research on your family, like, and Ann knows, you know how much I was uh, stymied by wondering what in the world about John H. Luttrell. Yep. And uh, one of the things that was really neat is that I would compare notes with some of the people that were at the library and some of the librarians, and it, it was really a, a fun experience, and I learned a lot from it. And and of course, I would tell the patrons certain things, and they would learn something from me. So it was a, a sharing and learning experience for all of us. Absolutely, and the you know since we don't have the um, in person possibilities anymore, we do still have our what we call our brick wall roundtable, and we're doing it virtually as well. Oh, so, that's terrific. Yeah, so if you're stuck, you know, you just hit that brick wall in that particular search that you're doing. Um, you just join the, the brick wall roundtable session. This next one is on Saturday, October 17th at 1030. And you share where you've already looked and then everybody brainstorms where else they would suggest you look for to try to break through that brick wall. Um, okay. And boy, do you learn about other ideas than the ones that you thought were the right ones. That, that sounds amazing. Um, now, and, given, um, of course, given the fact that the library has been closed down and, you know, everything has happened the way, it, even the fires nearby came closer to the, I mean, oh to the God. library than I would ever like to have seen. Not that any fires are good, but you know what I'm saying. I know. Um so financially, how has it impacted the library? Because you do have, you know, in terms of membership and all that sort of thing. We've had a drop in our revenue, no question. Um, you know, we really didn't. Uh, we stopped in mid-March, canceled everything that was scheduled, including our annual seminar, which is usually one of our money makers, um, and various classes that were scheduled. And the next the first scheduled class that we held, um, but virtually was in August when Rich Miles taught a class. And mm -hmm. since then we've done genealogy week. This last week was genealogy week and that was free. And as a result of it being free and being um, advertised, free advertisement on Facebook and we have a thousand followers on our Facebook page we wound up with 
too many people registering from all over the world oh, wow. to take two of our classes, two of the five. One of them is um, organizing your paper records and the other is organizing your digital records. And so that has been a revelation to us and we've realized that uh, we have to do a couple things differently now that we're virtual. We're drawing a much wider audience and we need to make sure that every time we advertise anything we're doing, we specify Pacific Daylight Time. Oh, yeah. Because we're not recording these. We're doing them live and that's it. So, and, and we've been doing them through Zoom and, and we purchased the less expensive Zoom account. So we have a maximum of 100 participants. And that was not enough for those two classes. Well, you know what you could do via Zoom also is <clears throat> you can record the classes and then sell the recordings. Yeah, that's um, kind of what we do with our um, Hope University programs here at Robertree is we, pre or we record the teleconferences or the things that we're doing. And then um, for later use, we allow people to be able to follow links to be able to purchase the, the, the older recordings for their, um, to learn at their leisure, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that way you could you could benefit from even if you have the, only the one hundred, and and I, I know that there are other tiers for Zoom, and um, you know, in fact, I I, I had the input of uh, having Rogue Retreat uh, do the Zoom things for the podcast because one, if I I don't have to come in, you know, whatever days a week. Right. I could save $8 a day and Stan likes saving $8 a day. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and you still have this virtual meeting and um, it, it can make a difference. But I, uh, I, getting back to the genealogy library, because you guys do some really great work and, uh, that I love that new newer building that we have. Uh, I wasn't a real big fan of the old building, but I did like this one, and and that's one of the things I missed about going there. But but it would have been hard for me to do anything from there since my my place was kind of like repurposed. I'll just say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> It was it's become somebody else's office, essentially. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so, so it was really, but it was, and, and I really hated the idea of, I'm hoping you leave the option open beyond this, because the, 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 the biggest sell, selling point about me renewing my membership, which I haven't done, is even though I like supporting the library, I don't want to support something I can't use. I know, I know. And we really did talk about trying to um, okay. to modify that space to be a, a good space for uh, the hearing, the sight impaired people. And it just didn't go anywhere, partly because I think we just didn't have anybody to do it. You know, we, that, right. one of our difficulties is that we don't have enough volunteers with tech with tech knowledge so the one that we the one that we used to have moved to las cruces and yes. the one that 
that we have now is so overbooked. It's just, I mean, he's doing so much and this doing things virtually has involved him hugely. So we, we're just kind of handicapped away. On the no, other hand, I get, the person, I knew that was going to happen, but yeah, the person who now is using that room as an office um, is really so happy to be able to come here and use it as an office because he's homeless. He's currently he lost his home completely in the Elm <sighs> fire, and um, he is currently in a motel room and has it until early November and is trying to find a place to live more permanently until things settle down a little bit and long-range plans can can be happening so having a place to come just like you were so pleased to have this place to come has has really been important to him it was very difficult when we were closed because they wouldn't they had highway 99 blocked off oh yeah well, so, I'll tell um, you, you guys oh. do a fantastic job, though. Yes. Well, I wanted to tell you, we're, one of the other things that is coming up is that we're trying our very first virtual all-day seminar on Saturday, November 7th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. I can't imagine being on Zoom that long. Wow. We'll find out. All and right. It, it's called 21st Century Research for the Everyday Genealogist. I love that, and, and that's actually a perfect segue into the question that I've been kind of thinking of. Um, we are I'm coming down to the end of our time here, but I did want to know um, if you were um, kind of pitching this to a, a mixed audience of younger, older people, what are the benefits that people need to be aware of that researching their family history can open them up to? Um, are there things that people oftentimes kind of overlook and don't even think about, like uh, medical history and those kind of things? That is definitely one aspect of it that really hasn't been um, emphasized a lot, but one of the DNA testing services does provide information about some aspects of health, of medical health. And certainly if you're delving into your ancestors, uh, you can find, if you're lucky, you can find records and information about um, how people died for, or what illnesses they had that may uh, be a positive influence on risk factors for you and for your own children and grandchildren. So yeah. that is definitely one aspect. Another aspect, which I think is truly unforeseen, is that many people were not engaged in school by history. It just didn't seem, and it didn't for me, it just didn't seem something that, it, it didn't hook me at all. Um, names, dates, places didn't do it for me. Now that I'm doing genealogy and I'm connecting myself to people who were actually there, it's making a huge difference. And having conversations with family members and asking them about the way things were is something that many people don't think of doing until it's too late. And genealogy is one of those things that makes you do that. It's the first thing we tell people to do in our beginning genealogy class is you need to ask your family members what they can tell you about the, the basics and then about the stuff that really makes people come alive. And so that's just a huge, 
and also you can absolutely connect with people you had no idea you were related to. And you know, one of the things that I want to mention too is it really does go back to to my days now. I I don't know what I'm sure I've told you that my dad spent a lot of his time in the orphanage in in Ohio. And he, his mother died when he was seven years old. Mm -hmm. And his dad had some uh, enough kids that he couldn't take care of all of them. Right. So what happens is that they were, certain kids were kind of selected. I don't know how he did it, but they were selected to grow up in in an orphanage. And where that leads to me is that I know that when <clears throat> when my parents found out about my blindness, it could have been very easy for them to, you know, uh, in the 60s, send me to a state school for the blind. Right. And I'm pretty sure that with my my mom having the situation she had where her dad killed her mom and then himself um and and she was you know having to help take care of the her siblings mm-hmm. so i'm sure between those two situations that it uh, made it really and we were just starting a a program where I grew up to have uh, uh, people with disabilities mainstreamed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was one of the first people to be involved in the school district that where I grew up. So I'm sure that that, I'm sure that all of this uh, led into where we are now. <clears throat> Sorry about that. There must be smoke. Yeah, um, you know, my some of my background is um, I have a minor in history, and one of my favorite things about history is um, being able to learn from the past. That way, we can um, learn to be more preventative or sidestep certain issues that we might encounter in the future. Um, and I think that's something that um, more people and young people need to be trained on is to study history and study patterns. And especially within families. Yeah. And um, I have to say that that knowing the past truly can prevent things from the future. And every time I hear somebody talk about fast-tracking the, um, the immunization for COVID-19, I think about thalidomide. Yes, and if people, younger people don't, have never heard of it and they don't have any idea what happened <clears throat> and unless they've learned it in history. Right. Or grew up during that time. Of course, younger people, you're exactly right because yeah. that was one of the first things that I thought about was the whole thalidomide situation. And fortunately, they didn't, uh, we had an FDA that, didn't want that to be introduced here. Yes. Yeah. But it really affected the United Kingdom. It did. 
Well, Anne, it really is. I'm really happy that we touched base. I'm sorry about uh, things that happened. One of my uh, little errors, uh, God started talking, someone was working for me, and and we just uh, looked at the time, it was 2.01. <laughs> and I said, oh, this is not good, but... Uh, it happens to the best of us. Stan. I know it does, but Stan's not supposed to have that happen to him. Yes, Stan is human. But anyway, and I really appreciate your being here, and I'm so happy that. Uh, and it was happy to be that Chuck Eccleston uh, made me think of it because we were talking about the donation to the library and Rick Black and everything. I said, well, we may as well do this and have. And come on, and I, I wanted you to come on because of your association with me at the library. I mean, you're probably one of the people that knows me the best there. Lisa's That's still there. I don't probably know. true. And then, of course, I actually managed to read the Rogue Retreats newsletter all the way to the last page, which sometimes oh. I don't because I have a whole pile of things <clears> to read. <throat> um, but I did read it all the way to the end, and there you were telling about the your podcasts and I just I just had to share that with uh, RVGS people who knew you. And well, you know the funny cuz I was wondering how you knew because I I didn't know that you were a Rogue Retreat newsletter subscriber. Well, I'm a, I'm a donor to Rogue Retreat, so I receive the newsletter. Oh, and and we truly appreciate your support in uh, yes, we in do. all areas. <laughs> And and, it's um, funny how uh, parts of two organizations in this valley that I really love being a part of. But this, if not anything, it's even more because I'm not subsidized to be here. Yeah, I think that's absolutely wonderful. I'm just, you know, I was pulling for you so hard when you applied for the job up at the state library. And when you didn't get it, I was just crushed because I knew you wanted to be out there earning your own living. And so I'm thrilled for you. Well, you know, in a way, that was a good thing because I didn't want to leave Medford. I, yeah. That was one of the last things I wanted to do. But, you know. It was their loss. It was their loss. And, and our, our gain, absolutely. Um, yes. And, um, and, and I just want to, again, say thank you for your time here. Um, listening to you talk about the work of the genealogy library and especially the importance of genealogy and studying our history. I can hear the passion um, in what you're talking about coming through. So I just want to thank you for um, taking the time to come sit with us and, and do our podcast with us. And I have to say, Anne does a great class because what she will do is uh, she will take patrons around the library and she shows them every little, well, every book and everything that, that the library is proud to have. And she does such an awesome job of doing this. And, and as I say, she's one of the, uh, one of my favorite people at the library. Well, thanks, Stan. I really appreciate that. I have to say though, I don't tell about every one of the 20,000 items in our library. Well, <laughs> well, you make it feel like you do though, because I mean, I, I remember those bookshelves and how, Stacked to the rafters they were, and this is, it's oh, it, it's just I, it just if if you have a chance, people should just go by the genealogy library when you can get back in. Yeah, 
And if and if you can't get back in, there's no reason why you can't buy a membership because that money will be could put to good use. I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah. One of the additional services that we're offering while we're closed to our members is that those books which do check out, we'll let we'll make them arrangements so that they can actually check them out for a couple of weeks and have them at home. Most of the collections reference, but we do have books that do check out and we keep adding to those. Um, since you've been here, we've added more shelves. <laughs> you know, well, and it looks like we're about out of time, so do you want to take yes. us home, Stan? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm going to say, and say hello to all the people that I know from the genealogy library and that any one of them can feel free to make a donation through anchor.fm to the finding hope podcast from world retreat. And we'll cheerfully accept that money too. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. And without, without any further ado, this is the concludes episode number 50, the nifty 50 of the Finding Hope podcast. Have a great day, everybody, and take care.